they didn't screw up. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you happen to be into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Pirates 4, Diamondbacks 2 out in Phoenix. We'll get to that later because there was a much bigger story. Still out west, but way up in the top corner in Seattle where Ben Charrington and his staff decided on Paul Skeens as the number one overall pick in Major League Baseball's draft. If you are a regular listener to this program, A, thank you, and B, you knew this was my pick. This was the one that I wanted to see. However, I attached contingencies to it. Well, no, contingency to it. And that was that the Pirates would have legitimate cause to believe that Skeens is healthy, that the visible overuse that he went through at LSU, especially in the College World Series, wouldn't be a concern moving forward, and there's no way the team could have made a louder statement to the effect that Skeens is fine other than, you know, drafting him where he should have been drafted. So that's what they did. That's what Ben did, specifically. Ben said the Pirates were going to draft the best player. Ben would say later, after the pick, that Skeens was at the top of their board. Anybody really want to dispute that now? Well, if so, Ben also would say later that the Pirates aren't ruling out that Skeens could pitch this season. Uh, He didn't say for Pittsburgh. He just meant pitch. My thinking through all of this has been that if you were to take Skeens after the overuse that he had in the College World Series, that you just basically shut him down until either this coming offseason or going further into spring training. But there's also a school of thought, and a lot of this emerged last night, that because Skeens really pitched very little, like in life, before last season, that his arm's not going to have anywhere near the wear and tear on it that a normal pitcher might have because that does accumulate, you know, all the way through childhood, teens, everything. So there it is. There it is. They got the best player. And as a result, they sure did sound happy. Here's a little bit of what Ben had to say. Um, yeah, I mean, we were working through it the entire week and certainly today um, up until right before the pickup step before, you know, we just believe that when you know you have time, um, you know, we ought to use every minute that, that we have. Um, so we were in communication uh, with Paul and others, and um, I can't remember exactly when we made the final decision, but it was closer to the draft. But, um, you know, Paul is someone that we had been uh, very focused on, focused on um, along with some others, you know, all week. became clear as we worked through today that if we could, if we could make it happen, we wanted to get Paul done. And this, in turn, 
was Skeen's reaction to finding out that he'd be number one. Uh, I don't know that I was expecting it, um, just because I was kind of trying to stay open. I didn't. I, I had no idea what to expect uh, of today, but um, I met with the Pirates and uh, really liked all the people that I met with and everything that I had heard about the Pirates. It seemed like a, you know, it seemed like a first-class organization. Um, so I, I'm, when I when I heard, I was I was in shock a little bit, um, just absolutely ecstatic to to get the news because probably a year ago. I, I, this was never uh, even a thought in my mind. Um, but yeah, just ecstatic and absolutely honored and humbled to, to be in this position. This is a rare situation, my friends. Do not take it for granted. There aren't many avenues through which a team like the Pirates playing in a non-salary cap league can acquire truly elite starting pitching. Baseball America calls Skeens a legit top-of-the-rotation ace for any team anywhere in the majors. MLB Pipeline calls Skeens the best pitching prospect to come through the draft since Steven Strasburg. These aren't outlets that are given to hyperbole because they know better than anyone how badly This can come back to bite them and their reputations. That's how strongly they and their scouts and their experts felt in assessing this young man over the past year at LSU. That's that's something. And to get this player through a means in which you don't have to you know, do something to destroy your payroll or whatever. And, and again, that, even that's not feasible because if there's ever a, a, a top of the line, you know, superstar, ace, whatever you want to call them, starting pitcher out there and they're in free agency, the Pirates aren't even in on the, on the discussions and they can't be. If you're the like biggest Bob Nutting cynic of all time, you don't think he's going to be in a spot to be okaying $25 million annual, $30 million annual contracts over 10, 12 years. It's it's crazy, especially for pitching, which comes with so many perils from an injury standpoint. You get schemes. You get a pitcher of this caliber for six full major league years. This is a really, really good day this franchise when we come back j1q this portion of daily shot of pirates is brought to you by our friends at north shore tavern that's directly across federal street from pnc park it's home of steak on a stone an eating experience underscoring the word experience the steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800 degree stone and you do the rest It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door. Your car. Your bike. Your computer. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. 
Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Dawn, who asks, DK, if the Yankees can fire their hitting coach midseason, why can't the Pirates? For anybody who didn't hear this amid all the other baseball news yesterday, the Yankees did indeed fire their hitting coach. They were dissatisfied with the performance of their offense, and they came to the conclusion that the one commonality was the hitting coach. So they fired him. What a concept, huh? Midseason. Not worried about, what was the word Derek Shelton used recently to defend Andy Haynes' continued employment? I believe it was continuity. You have to make sure that you protect that continuity and the valuable communication that takes place between teacher and pupil. You know, it's, it's whatever. You know, I look at the Pirates offense right now. And I say to myself, even on a day like yesterday where they did actually score enough to win, a lot of that to the credit of G-Man Choi, who was missed more than most people, I think, realized. And I'd been saying that now for a while, first and going deep and then coming up with the big game-winning RBI single, reached out for it, too, and pulled it into right field. Just an impressive overall plate appearance. And that is by all accounts what G-Man was doing in Indianapolis in the rehab stint that he just completed. This is a good, good big league hitter. He's also a hitter who doesn't need tutelage. Have you noticed that pattern? He's a veteran. You know, Andrew McCutcheon doesn't need a hitting coach. Carlos Santana doesn't need a hitting coach. Choi doesn't need a hitting coach. Who are the guys that are coming up there with consistent approaches? Yeah. And who are the ones who continue to strike out looking again and again and again? Only now, they also turn around and bark at the umpires. Even though it was their responsibility, not the umps, to get the bat off their shoulder and protect the zone or even the perimeter of the zone when it's a two-strike count. That's the culture. That's the offensive culture that's been created and is now being cultivated by Haynes. You see it day after day after day. And I swear to you, I, I, am, I am almost relieved that the Pirates didn't get a hitter because I think Haynes is going to be the hitting coach forever. And I don't want these kids within a hundred feet of him. And don't even make me bring up how Henry Davis is now in an offer and doesn't have an extra base hit in three weeks. Or how the next thing you'll see is Nick Gonzalez striking out looking. Oh, wait, yes, that's already starting to happen. This is this is a bad situation. And it's not one that's gonna improve. I really believe that. The one player for whom in a, just an attempt at fairness on my part that I'll give Haynes some credit for is that we're seeing improvements from Jack Sawinski from both sides of the plate. But then doesn't it always feel like Jack's next one for 28 is right around the corner? Doesn't it feel like that's why the rest of baseball looks at Jack's stats in an ice cold way and says, this is a 
terrific hitter. This is somebody who really, you know, has it all going and he's young and mostly skipped AAA and he's eighth in Major League Baseball in OPS against right-handed pitchers. It's a really impressive feat. And yet around here, those of us who watch him regularly, you know, you're, you're still kind of cringing. You're waiting for the next big slump for the next big incurable slump that'll result in his demotion to the minors that won't surprise anyone inside the 412 or 724 area codes. Why is that? Well, what's the commonality? I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Absolutely not done talking about skeins or the draft. We got all week to do that. Let's hook up again tomorrow, all right? All right. 